Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 1 of the Making Things Work podcast. My name's Duncan Pryor and it's great to be back behind the mic talking about all things digital transformation and leadership. One of the things that came up in the Series 1 was there was to do with demystifying the terms often sort of uh, revolve around IT. So that's what we're going to be doing in this series. We're going to be talking to a variety of people about their work and how they're able to cut through all that terminology to deliver great outcomes uh, for their organizations. And today I'm delighted to uh, welcome one of our own, uh, Jacko Vermoulin, the CTO of BML Digital. Thanks, Duncan. Hi, Jacko. And I remember uh, the podcast we recorded in series one, and I really enjoyed it. And it was all about how even when you're delivering technology, it's all about focusing on the people. And um, today, what we're going to do is talk about the, the term sustainability and what sustainability means in business. And often that has a, a connotation to do with an organization's environmental, social and governance or ESG responsibilities. But we've got a slightly different take on it today. And that's what I'll be talking to yourself about, Jacko. Yeah, no, it's, I think sustainability is sometimes just focused on the environment, but there's so much more that needs to be sustainable. And tying in with what you said about buzzwords and demystifying tech, uh, it's sometimes quite relevant not just to focus on those beautiful acronyms or the marketing terms, but how to make it relevant and really bring it to the fore for the business. So let's sort of jump right in and and talk about what the term, what that word sustainability from the point of view of just the definition, what that means in the context of your work with your clients. I think for most, it's usually they, they immediately go with, it means environmental impact, um, net zero and any carbon reductions or, or targets. Um, sometimes a bit in waste reduction, but very rarely is it considered within the space of making the business in a state that can work in a current environment, that it will continue to be a successful, thriving business into the future. Um, And also that it's got a wider impact, not just the profitability and what needs to be reported on the accounting side or regulatory, but really what what it has as an impact and the value that it brings wider than just the business itself. So be it employees, those people, the people that work for it, are they actually capable of just continuing to work? Um, are they fit to work? Um, are you going to deplete your human resources quickly? Um, the, the things that, that are missed is really how to change the business so that the business is sustainable and that it's got a positive impact. So it's not just about driving value for shareholders, but that it delivers value uh, and benefits for all stakeholders. And that's supply chain, your customers, your suppliers, the wider community. Um, and that's, I think, what sustainability shift or the message that we bring in for customers around the sustainability by design address. It is designed so that you are, as a business, sustainable. But all those other aspects then come as a benefit from it. So we're almost going right back to what the the truest meaning of the word 
um, rather than something that's just connected to um, the world of ESG and um, meeting notional targets. The the world with, uh, around environmental impact, that is just the most prominent one that people see in the media. But it's always been, if you look at the UN targets, it's all about equality, um, access to healthcare. It doesn't just focus on the, the wider environment, making sure that temperature, that we can minimize the, the global temperature increases. It does look at really making the world sustainable and sustainable for people. Yes, it's not, not even a, a technology topic as such in the, in the, at the outset. It's, it's very much uh, focused on, on the business. Um, uh, Indeed. And, and, the, and the sustainability, almost you can think of it from the point of view of um, the people who work there being able to, to thrive and, and make a positive contribution to the organization without, as it were, compared to, say, if you compare it with a running race, just you know, running out of energy on the last lap, as it were. Um, and, and that's not just the people, it's the business itself. And that we, we get in with the technology and modernization rather than just digital transformation. It's making the business fit for purpose in a current market and looking into the future. So it's not just a continuous cycle of trying to chase what they need to do, um, playing catch up, or having to deal with legacy ways of working, legacy tools. Um, old technology. So bring in the right tech and the right ways of working to ensure that the business can function well, function profitably, and minimize any impact in, in having to keep up and progress for the future. So it's not the state being inhibited, but rather that they can easily become sustainable. And technology has a big part to play in that. Yes, I often think with organizations, there's always a temptation to feel like that you're behind and you need to keep up with your, all your competitors and what have you. And it's just a kind of a race, which on a certain level it is. But then you can, there's loads of fantastic examples out there. The simplest one I can think of is with sort of Disney Plus. They only launched relatively recently and they you could be tempted to think, oh, they're really behind in the marketplace and they'll never catch up with Netflix. But when you do the right thing, it doesn't matter when it is. If you if you do those right things, it, it, it um, things tend to work out and go go well for your organization. I must give credit to Disney there. I think part of their sustainability approach was accurate acquisition of content that makes it a desirable competitor to Netflix. So that in itself is a design that that aided them there. So, sorry, just to to give a view on on Disney versus Netflix, um, it is because they own the content, um, not necessarily that they've done the technology better or their service being better. My view is their content appeals to such a wide audience, and it's so exclusive that you you really need to get Disney Plus because otherwise you'll miss out on so much. Yes, and, and so they, they, they actually took a sustainability by design approach to the way that they uh, launched their, their, their package, their products. Yep. Right. Very much so. I won't necessarily um, reflect on the sustainability approach in, from an environmental um, perspective, but definitely in terms of 
their product and offering. It's, it's, it's that as uh, sustainability, sustainability in that truest sense. And now they really are set up for for the long term, and they can sort of move forward with confidence. Yeah, and and we've got the same with many of our clients. Is really about giving them that confidence, and um, with a lot of them, unfortunately, and not just with the people at BML Digital work with, but other organizations, there's a trend where people leap at the latest buzzwords and thinking that is going to fix things, that is going to set them up for the future. But usually um, missing the point and just chasing what is perceived to be uh, the latest and greatest, usually perpetuated by media around it and then hyper valuations for companies associated, often neglecting that the principles, the core capabilities within those technologies might be very or fairly old, well established. It's just been given a new name. If we think of things like non-fungible tokens, NFT, it's essentially secure vouchers that is associated with either a physical good or a privilege or a service. It's just a matter of how it's become more secure and then controlled. The, the concept of vouchers existed for quite a while. Same thing with blockchain. Distributed ledgers has existed. They just weren't as accessible and connected as they are now. So now we've got blockchain, which can be instantly updated with records and provide transparency across environments. However, just looking at a blockchain solution and not thinking about the business objectives, therein you, you actually create a problem by just putting in technology and the technology for its sake, rather than to address what the business pain points are or to unlock opportunities. Um, and just focusing on one specific area, you are most likely creating technology waste um, in doing so. Whereas if you take a more pragmatic approach setting foundations, you are more likely to have that as an enduring solution that can be scaled and expanded on. It's like when organizations leapt at five or 10 years ago, it was all about big data and data scientists. And you'd frequently have people gathering all the data, storing it somewhere, and just possibly creating an overload of data without them knowing what to do with it. They'd give it to a data scientist and say, find me answers. And the, and the response would be, what do you want an answer to? Um, and that needs to be the consideration of where does it fit in? What do I want to do with it? Um, and it's not just a magic bullet. It, it needs foundations. It needs to fit in and fit in with a wider scope, not just wider scope of technology, but also how are you going to put it to use and what the ultimate outcomes needs to be. So do you think when the, the, there's an opportunity here with the, the, to use the term sustainability, uh, it, it almost forces you to go back to really think about what you're trying to do uh, individually or, or as an organization. And it's a, it's, a, it's a term that almost could supplant even terms like digital transformation, for example. Do you think that's a, yep. that, that could be a possibility? Indeed, it's, um, I think it's the design with intention. Um, it's digital transformation with intention. That's considering all the consequences, um, uncovers potential impacts, and it addresses things right from 
the business model itself and its profitability objectives, because that's usually the lead, all the way through to how does it fit in? Is it actually driving better impacts um, than what we have now as business as usual? Because business as usual for a lot of organizations is comfortable, but it does not necessarily help them to be fit for future. And that sustainability for me is important about fit for future rather than what is comfortable now. So perhaps an example is, for example, where in some of the work we do, when you're looking at um, uh, stock control and, and warehouses and inventory and what have you, rather than looking at, for example, buying electric forklift trucks, um, as you, that would be an obvious thing to do for an organization to Im improve its environmental, environmental credentials. It might even uh, be uh, cheaper to actually run them as well. But what you're, you're, what you're saying here, I think, is to, is to then, rather than just jumping on that as, as something to do, take a step back, understand that that's something, a fairly obvious thing that, that needs to be done in the short term, but that it's also an opportunity to talk, to look at the, um, the sustainability of the business uh, right across the board. Yeah, um, and, and I think that, that, that example you gave is, it's, it, it's, a val it's a valid solution for a specific use case, but it's not a use case in isolation. Electric fork trucks, um, forklifts work very well, but they need to be monitored. You want to be able to track those assets. You need to, if you want to expand on that, you need to manage your whole warehouse and your supply chain more appropriately. You need to have data and an input into it to shape it to continuously improve, make it more effective and efficient, um, to reduce waste coming upstream, reduce waste downstream, distribution downstream. It's not just one thing is not going to fix at all. It, it's like um, an unfortunate example where somebody had a Tesla, but they were carrying a, a diesel generator with them so that they can charge their Tesla when they're on long journeys. Um, it's you're essentially driving a fairly expensive diesel vehicle then that's more polluting than a normal diesel vehicle um and that's when those things are in isolation and that that for me is a quite important aspect it is when you design with intention it is it needs to take consideration of all the impacts not just that little focus area yes and if you cited that as an example you know, you typically get sort of laughed at because it's cause it's so obvious. But there's on a maybe a slightly less obvious or more subtle level, there's examples of that uh, uh, across all organisations. Yeah, um, that that is one of our main focus areas when we work with clients is to actually look at the wider scope. So it's to ask the right questions, to try and establish not just the the very immediate pain point or usually it's not even a pain point it is a requirement or somebody's objective and position it clearly within the wider scope so that it isn't understood because that's sometimes one of the fallacies and I hinted at that with buzzword technologies that it will fix everything and frequently it's neglected to consider other parts of the business and it's it's neglected because it's not necessarily obvious people if it's not seemingly broke 
then people aren't going to act on it. So there's that needs to be considered to see how it fits in and whatever else needs to be matured or improved to actually get best use of what change you are bringing in. And that in itself will most likely result in change further or wider than that part itself or position that other things need to be done first. Not necessarily out of priority, but to establish a foundation that can ensure success and longevity of that change. Again, making it more sustainable. It's like putting in the latest and greatest IoT connecting devices, but you don't have sufficient connectivity or data processing and ultimately solutions that can start to automate and improve what comes from it. It would just be then a data gathering exercise through devices anyway. It, didn't fit, it won't fit in within the wider context of the business. And that's quite important. Yeah. So, so how, how do you, uh, when you're talking with your clients, how is it possible to, to talk to them through the, the sort of lenses of sustainability, as it were, um, when often we're asked to, um, we, we're brought in to talk about digital transformation or, or even uh, just IT on the next level down from that. Um, how do you how do you uh, bring that subject up? It's, it's an opportunity, I guess, but also it tends to it can have the effect of blowing the conversation wide open um, when perhaps we've been asked to do something quite specific. One of the things that we do is help the customer understand that what they might ask us might not necessarily be what they need. Um, bringing in sustainability as one of our core principles is sustainability by design. So when we look at a customer, be it doing digital due diligence for um, a private equity or private equity funded acquisition or divestment, looking at that tech and the digital ways of working, there's the consideration of, is this sustainable by design? And that in itself gets assessed. Similarly with customers where we do digital maturity assessments that leads into a digital business strategy, we bring up the point that the core principle behind us is it needs to be sustainable, environmental, environmentally sustainable, as well as business sustainable and wider societal sustainable. So it's not just about upgrading your tech, but improving the business. And that, that is a core point that we bring out. A lot of customers actually approach us and ask uh, to address sustainability. Usually, uh, we need to eliminate paper because we've got some sustainability objectives. And we then need to take it away from that and say, it's not just about reducing paper. That's not the only thing that you're going to achieve. You, act, you will most likely, by making changes to the business, digitizing it, you will improve operational performance and therefore your waste is reduced. There's another sustainable um, improvement as well as business sustainability because you've got improved profitability. You've reduced waste and made the process more efficient. You've placed less burden on your people. You're making them happier employees 
therefore your resource, your employees, their lives become more sustainable as well. So there's wider impact taking it away from just the pure thing that people looked at originally, which was let's reduce paper because it looks, everybody says paper reduction, paper is bad. Um, there, there's so much more to do and it's got so much wider impact in as well. It seems that there's quite a quite an opportunity to um, to reach consensus as well in, in these conversations, whereas in the past it was possibly uh, quite challenging at times because everyone has, has had various experiences of being involved in uh, non-technical or technical projects and can come into them with, there can be quite a lot of uh, sort of conflict and, and change involved. Whereas if you start with this, this uh, from the sustainability angle, it seems that there's a greater chance of everyone signing up to it because it's, you can't really disagree with the with the conclusions. Everyone wants the world to be a better place, and yep. so um, that's that's uh, suddenly you've you've elevated the whole conversation to a completely different level. It, it does shift it significantly. Um, there is always then the thing to be balanced out is strategic sustainability objectives that most people aspirationally or vocally said they support. But when it comes down to looking at the numbers, unfortunately, a lot of business is driven by immediate profitability um, display, display. So they are driven to deliver tactical responses that either looks good to shareholders in the stock market make immediate changes because they only look at certain aspects. So there's not a wider consideration and we need to help them to shift that perspective. And that, that's around sometimes the, we need to make a change in one area or we want to have this technology. Uh, a lot of it comes in when people, and you mentioned, Historically, you needed to educate people around the technology. It's becoming far less necessary. There's the understanding that every business is essentially a digital business. There's still some lack about it or lack of understanding around that or appreciation of it. But it's more and more becoming prevalent where people, the business owners, the investors realize their business needs to be digital, to be capable currently and sustainably in the future because the whole world has changed and they will be left behind if they don't modernize and therefore it becomes a shift away from talking about technology that is digital and about the business that is operating in a digital world so that is really how we approach it with customers instead of it making it's a technology oriented discussion whilst we might be implementing Salesforce or the latest IOT platform or Azure analytics and power BI or data lake. It shouldn't be talking about those technology items. The technology selection is important, both from their sustainability credentials and from their capability. But that's not what delivers the outcome for the business. 
It is what those things can provide them in context that's important. So we shouldn't be talking about you. We want a Salesforce CRM implementation. It is we want to be able to manage our customers better and respond to their needs. What is the appropriate tool to do so? And then we look at how does it fit in actually with your wider business? Because the CRM in itself might not necessarily be the the thing that's required. It could be fundamental items that need to be addressed as well. And quite often what we see, isn't it, is that it's actually to to get to those those a higher level of understanding of, of how uh, your business functions and how to decide what to do next to improve the sustainability of the organization. Some uh, the, the ba sort of basics need to be put in place. Uh, a good example is data, isn't it? You just, unless the data is stored at the lowest level uh, in a fundamentally sort of consistent way, it's never going to be possible to get to the point where you can really understand uh, uh, using our forklift truck analogy, get to the point where you, you understand how many miles the forklift's doing per day within a warehouse, for example. So it doesn't, if you don't understand that, there's no point in it being electric. Yeah, I'd probably go there's a more fundamental part. You need the data first. And just having data, as I mentioned, with data lakes and big data, there was a rush to get as much data on absolutely everything and anything without there being much use. So it needs to be focused on where there's value. Storage is cheap, but storage has a cost Im impact. It does have an environmental impact. And if you just store data and accumulate it, it it's going to become redundant. So there needs to be continued value of that data. Uh, and that data needs to be maintained. It needs to be processed. Otherwise, it's just been a wasted exercise. So quite importantly is, yes, you need the data, but you need to collect it from somewhere. And it needs to be accurate, usable data. And it needs to be then extendable into how you put it to use. Is it for automation? Is it for analytics? Will that analytics that you've performed on it, if you've got artificial intelligence or machine learning bringing out patterns from your data, how do you apply it into your business? Or is it just essentially nice graphs, visualizations of what the state is? Similarly with um, digital twins or environments that's your manufacturing environments that are visualized. I'm not trying to leap into the metaverse because uh, another buzzword. It is, yeah, yeah. It's just a 3D visualization of a, a real world instance. That's what it is. But that might be pretty, but what value does it add? Do you need to be 3D immersed in, any, in an, a, a, a virtual representation of the real world to get the right data out or is it just a nice play area there are different scenarios where you might have extended reality or augmented reality which is really valuable for manufacturing education healthcare where it brings in data of this real world environment so you participate in the real world with additional data that contribute to what you do. So in construction or manufacturing, uh, if we look at construction, it might help reduce all the, the, the time, firstly, to market 
get the right components. It could facilitate implementing it far quicker and easier because you've got enriched data around it. And, and there you, you start to see the stream coming through from collecting the data at source and being made usable within that context of where it's really being delivered. At when we get to um, facilities management or, or any service service like delivery, where you might need to change thing on change something on a utility network, or in a building or on a machine maintenance on a machine, that the person might be there hands on know what they need to do, but getting a feed of the data of the actual current state of this machine, where it sits within context of the wider environment, as well as certain specific specifications on that unique item that you're working on, it starts to enrich and makes it a lot easier to take the correct action proactively rather than to wait for it to break or to do something that might have to be repaired later on again. So it makes that whole process more sustainable and ultimately reduce waste and additional work. One of the things we should uh, talk about is um, a, a specific technology point in that um, in recent years, there's, uh, there's been a, a, obviously a very high adoption of cloud uh, technology with uh, across the, the major providers. Those organizations themselves now are um, feeding back to their customers the um, their sustainability credentials, because not only can you um, run up the bills uh, if you're consuming sort of cloud resources, but you can also, um, all those computers are out there somewhere consuming electricity. And so you can, you're, whilst you might think you've done a good job of clearing out all those old servers from your data center, and now everything's hosted in the cloud, you're, 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 sustainability um, from all the perspectives you described earlier could actually be decreased. Yeah, I, I won't say it's, it will be increased and it's all those cloud environments are significantly less impactful than if you if every organization had to run their own physical machines and data centers and had to power it, cool it, um, try and maintain it. There is real economies of scale and sustainability at scale there. Um, there's a lot of efficiencies in cloud computing. Unfortunately, a lot of organizations cling to on-prem or control of their processing storage. Uh, and that's that's a cultural phenomena. I, I do think the, the part around cloud native or cloud providers, AWS, Azure, um, Google Cloud Platform, all of those provide really good capabilities. And if we go to the real software as a service organizations, such as Salesforce, they, they are very open and transparent to anybody using their, their technologies, what their environmental impact is. So it starts to demonstrate how that shift to software as a service or cloud computing actually reduces the environmental impact 
compared to legacy ways of running IT. But it has far wider benefits then as well. It makes it easier. It makes it more accessible. So we're not just talking about um, the IT itself and what grain it has on resources, but also how it's being used and how it can be used and what it provides, having a an additional impact or benefit by making it possible for people to work from anywhere, to have less dependency on additional IT equipment or software just to make certain pieces of technology work. It makes integration easier so you don't need to have a lot of manual handling or store data in several places. That shift towards using APIs for integration and between every platform just makes it easier. If you if you have something like MuleSoft that enables integration in an effective manner and that can bring in data acquisition from various places and make it efficiently and effectively available to the right systems, the right people and the right processing capabilities, it becomes a pivot point for how it enables the business. Yes, and so even it's often, I guess, forgotten that that's um, integration that companies like MuleSoft can provide. There's often it's, it's the this, the savings in terms of work and electricity caused by um, spreadsheet manipulation and you name it, and other other legacy systems out there and locally hosted uh, servers. If you if you if you add all that up, the um, the sustainable impact is 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 huge. Yeah, and and it's it's just not the business operating models aren't sustainable like that anymore. You can't be locked to one location. You can't, um, the business just won't be able to operate at scale or at pace when they need to do manual manipulation of data or integration and Excel all over the place. You can't, they, they aren't able to manage all that data if it sits on spreadsheets in who knows whose computer or some storage somewhere. So all these centralized collaborative tools, integration tools, they all play a big part in making the business um, not just sustainably for the more sustainable for the environment, but actually the business operating model more sustainable. Yeah, it seems that um, in recent years, um, it- so much because of the um, because of what's been going on in the la- over the last uh, two or three years, is so much flexible working has has, has started, and the businesses have, have, have been forced to adapt uh, to, in all sorts of ways. I think it's been a, a fascinating experience for on an individual and an organisational level. And it seems that now, what we need to do now is really cement some of that into into the um, the way an, uh, an organisation works. You know. It, it, we can be happy that we've got through it, but now it's all about really going back and thinking. Well, what what do we really what do we really need now? Yeah, COVID definitely brought upon that people that that businesses rapidly, not just rapidly, immediately had to shift to enable remote working. But it, it wasn't necessarily part of the fundamentals of the business. It it was purely a 
business continuity objective. And a lot of businesses were very well equipped because they moved to cloud-based solutions, software as a service applications. They already enabled the employees to, or employees, service providers to work from anywhere. Of course, that is very much knowledge industry or knowledge functions limited because if you need to provide um, hands-on healthcare, it needs to be performed in a, hosp- in a hospital, but there it's, there's also technology that actually enables that to be done more effectively. Or if you need to produce or drive a truck um, for delivering things, you need to be in that truck. But it, it's, it helped the organizations to access those people better. But that whole shift, as you say, it was a very quick act to just deal with the pandemic conditions. And now it is about having to embed it into the business. So it becomes part of the fabric of it, rather than just little parts that enabled people to work whilst they weren't able to be in a physical location together. But it's making that business use all those available tools, implementing them at the right time in the right order to drive the business to be able to work from anywhere, to gather the data and control machines from anywhere. There's, there's big value in that, You d- that you don't need to send an engineer out to uh, an electricity substation potentially to, to check what the status is. That data could be fed in and part of what might need to be done to it, some control levers could be done remotely. When you look at the supply chain, you could supply chain, warehousing, monitoring stock. You don't need to have somebody on site checking your stock status or as many people, that could all be done electronically once you have um, the necessary sensors in place and data acquisition. Is is a good example of uh, some of the work you're involved in at the moment where you you were doing what would be called digital transformation and now the the sustainability is really leading uh, and and almost initiating digital transformation underneath yeah. that. I probably want to go away and say, let's not call it digital transformation. It is just modernizing the business to be sustainable. Yeah, so that, that term is sort of, as you say, we these these, these terms come and go, and we're, yeah. at, we're at a sort of bit of a, 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 something of a tipping point. Yeah. yeah so where all, all initiatives within organizations will be, will be, um, with sustainability in mind. It, yeah, it, it should be. It is, let's make the business sustainable for its operations, for its people, and to have the appropriate environmental impacts. And are you seeing the leadership of organizations, um, the ones you talk to, are they um, more open to this subject than they possibly were in the past? There does seem to be a, a level of momentum behind this now, which is uh, almost unstoppable. It, it's it's a lever that's very effective to use. I don't. It's there's still the the pressures of profitability, and immediate cost savings, but there's definitely the acknowledgement that they need to be 
more aligned with global sustainability objectives. So what's the um, the, the one sort of takeaway you'd like to uh, uh, give to the, the people listening to this podcast today? Um, well, quite a tough one. I, I, I think there's probably the, the, the big thing is about it's design with intention and it is sustainability should be at the heart of that design. That's an absolutely uh, brilliant summary. And I just want to say thanks very much for joining us t- today, Jacko. Uh, I guess sort of LinkedIn is the best place to uh, to find you out there on the uh, on the internet. Yes, um, I'm I'm on LinkedIn, not much on other social media. You've published a lot of articles recently in uh, uh, IT Pro and Enterprise Times. So a little little plug yeah. for your recent sort of publications. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, th- thanks. Uh, thanks very much again, Jacko. That's the first of this uh, series two of, of the Making Things Work podcast. We'll be uh, releasing another podcast in a month's time. So do tune in then. Uh, my name's Duncan Pryor. You can find me on LinkedIn uh, as well. Um, thanks very much. Thanks, Jacko. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you.